The Great Bible Reset is a podcast devoted to counteracting the great economic reset of Klaus Schwab using Bible lessons and theory. Thank you to boomers-alive.com for sponsoring this podcast and the Kingsway Classical Academy. This week, we are continuing our study on the great books of Western civilization and their effect on our current economical and spiritual crisis. And now your host, Oliver Woods. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Oliver Woods, and uh, welcome to GreatBibleReset.com, where our focus is on a personal and public commitment to the law of God, as it's summarized in uh, Exodus 20 through 24, which is uh, the one thing God requires to deliver us from our, our current national distress, national judgment. Uh, for example, in the book of Jeremiah, on the eve of the, the Babylonian captivity, God told Jeremiah in uh, chapter 5, he said, uh, Roam to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and look now, and take note. Seek in her open squares, if you can find a man, if there is one who does justice, who seeks truth, then I will pardon her. So that's a question, I think, for each of us. You know, will we be that man, or will we be the men that um, that can turn... Um, uh, can turn America today uh, back to God. And I re- um, you know, I've, I've recently read some things that have been, have been almost belie- unbelievable, you know, in terms of train derailments and food processing plants destroyed and the looming judgment that um, God seems to be bringing upon us. Um, but today we've got um, a special guest, Pastor Paul Michael Raymond, is back with us to discuss, you know, what that means in terms of the oft-repeated injunction we, you know, we need to return to the original intent of the United States Constitution. And we often hear this from Christians and from Christian conservatives. So so welcome, Pastor Raymond. Um, and perhaps you could start out again by telling us briefly a little bit about yourself and your ministry um, in Appomattox, Virginia, and um, in the world beyond. Sure. Well, as we discussed in, uh, so, uh, late, uh, before, we had some podcasts that we did together. Uh, we have the New Geneva Christian Leadership Academy. It is a uh, theological college, seminary. It's a. It's also a prep school for anyone that just wants to uh, get a good worldview on uh, what's happening in the world and then go into your whatever skill or trade school or college you want to go to. So it's a really good prep school for seniors, actually, uh, mm-hmm. or or just first first year college students. And we, we do teach pastors as well, but everything is applicable. We're applying the word of God to the real real world around us, because that's where the rubber meets the road. And of course, we have a church here. Actually, what I did mention in, in podcast before, we have a bricks and mortar school as well. But because my students are all over the place, even as far as Africa, not everybody can come here. But we do have a bricks and mortar college. We have a library of more than 10,000 physical books. We have all of the microprint from the 1600s to 18. Uh, 18, I think it's 1820 or something in that uh, area. And you could research newspapers from that period, the colonial period and other documents as well. We have that facility here as well. We built a Christian art gallery, which means a art which is good art, not the junk you see out there, no Jackson Pollock stuff and no halos on Jesus or angels in the architecture. That's not That's not what we call Christian art. We just call it good art. We want good art, okay? Not necessarily pictures of Jesus. We don't agree with that. But anyway, so we, we're trying to influence the community around us to bring some uh, biblical sobriety 
and biblical uh, integrity back into our community. We're very community-minded. So those are some of the things along with our church that we have going on here in Virginia. That sounds great. Yeah, we, you know, we, we, we hear a lot or we get a lot of debate over, over America's status before God. You know, um, was America a Christian nation? And are we, what are we today? Are we still a Christian nation that's uh, apostatized? Or how, how would you kind of uh, summarize that? Well, depending on how you want to define Christianity, was America a Christian nation? Well, it wasn't overtly pagan. We know that. It was Christianized. It was Christianesque. It had the seeds of apostasy in it. It had the, uh, the influence of both the Renaissance and the Enlightenment, the Scottish, the French, and the English Enlightenment, which is really a destructive force, which was the problem with America. It should have been more Puritanistic or uh, following the, the dictates of Calvin in Geneva, uh, but it, it, did, it did start to uh, unravel with the notion of natural law. The Puritans pretty much were guilty of that, uh, unfortunately. And I love the Puritans. Uh, they're great. But they believed that because they had a view of uh, the laws of nature and of nature's God as biblical law. But it wasn't biblical law. It was something that could have been, uh, it, it was twisted. So that brought about the colonial period. And it was Christianized. It was Christianesque. But it wasn't the orthodoxy that we would would have seen in Geneva. That, that's what we needed. And at that point, it pretty much dissolved into what we have today because of the seeds of of apostasy at that point in the 1700s. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. The um, it seems like the Puritans were were headed in the right direction. I mean, the pilgrims the pilgrims came in in I think 1620, and then there was a, a decade of um. Of migration, I think they call it the Great Migration from the 1630 to 1640, and um, and they seem to be headed in the right direction. Um, the, the, the Massachusetts Body of Liberties, for example, has um, actual um, biblical uh, passages from the biblical law written into it. But uh, can you can you give us maybe a little more specifics in terms of what what went wrong there, you know, uh, with the Puritans, and that we can avoid in the future, or maybe kind of reverse engineer? Um. Well, one, one of the things that people point to the Puritans and say, well, they were really pious. They were very pious people, and they didn't really deal with the, the culture around them. They weren't politically active, and we should go back to the days of the Puritans. My argument with that is they didn't need to be politically active because they were all in the places of authority. They were all God-fearing civil magistrates. They were God-fearing judges. They had the culture under wraps to glorify God. So they could focus on family piety. They could focus upon their mortification of sin. So when you read the Puritans, they were all about family and, and uh, holiness and all of those things because they already had the culture under control. We don't have that today, so we have to be more proactive. Look back at Geneva. Geneva City Councilmen needed the help of the theologians. They were in a mess when Geneva was under the Roman Catholicistic 
um, mindset. And, and when the Reformation mindset was coming into, into vogue, uh, they needed the help to restructure and reorganize from chaos to order the uh, Geneva. And that's why Calvin was so instrumental, because that whole place in Geneva, when Calvin was there, it was full of uh, libertarianism. Actually, they were li the libertines. And it was a very horrible place, very, very wicked, very, uh, very sinful. And Calvin had to bring uh, a, a hard rule of God's commandments upon the city to get it back in, in order. He wanted order out of chaos, and he did a fa fabulous job. And the Puritans followed suit, and that's why they had an organized culture. Once the Enlightenment hits the scene, and you have the Scottish Enlightenment, the English and the French, especially the French with uh, some of the, uh, with Ben Franklin and Jefferson and others, you have now the unraveling. You have the, uh, the, the, uh, the introduction of the natural law theory or reason, man's reason, which is now trumping uh, the law of God. If it's not reasonable, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with man's reason, with man's sanctified. When I hear this, I go crazy. But sanctified common sense. There's nothing sanctified about common sense because common sense even today is not common. It's it's it's, it's quite it's quite unique today. So so we have the the underpinnings of apostasy right away in seventeen in the 1700s in the colonial period because of the thinking of the Enlightenment. So, so that's only going to metastasize as the, as the future continues into something that is not God-fearing and not God-honoring. Yeah, you, you hear a lot of Christians today, Christian conservatives say, we just, we just need to return to the original intent of the United States Constitution. And, uh, you know, what, what happened in 1787? You know, was that a... Um, the continuation, you know, uh, you know, we, we point to the colonial documents and how, and the fact that many of them, or perhaps most of them, were um, uh, expressions of covenant commitment to God. Uh, was that carried through into the Constitution, or was it actually a a, a break with with that um, that covenant approach to government? Well, I, I think it was a break. Uh, I, you know, if you if you put the Dutch Declaration of Independence alongside the United States Declaration of Independence, they're almost they're almost they're almost alike. I mean, almost verbatim in some points. And I think Jefferson did a pretty good job with that to a degree. It wasn't, it, it implied, and, and that was the problem. It only implied the creator. It did not speak about God's covenant or the responsibility of man to be accountable and responsible to the covenant obligations of Deuteronomy 28. So, so it failed in that regard. If it would have followed more Along the lines of the Dutch Declaration of Independence, it might have, it, it probably was would have been better, but it was very close to that, and I think he used it as a model. That, that's my that's my impression. However, once seventeen eighty seven comes around, there's a. It seems as if there's a total break in any kind of covenant application or covenant mindset. God is not mentioned at all. Uh, the law of God is not mentioned at all. 
Uh, it's very practical, very pragmatic, but it's not covenantal. So it's not drawing down God into the equation. It's between man and man. And, and that I think that is that is the failure. So it doesn't hold the test of time. It can't. Only God's law, only God's covenant law can 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 stand the test of time, not man's. And that's why today you have, you know, the unraveling of the Constitution. Nobody wants to now you want that people want to have a constitutional convention, the convention of states. Huh, that's gonna be a horrible thing because think about what's gonna happen then. Are they gonna make it worse? Or are they going to make it better? Because the only way to make it better is to bring the covenant law back into the document, which I'm not so sure they're going to do. So, so we're we're actually between a rock and a hard place. And until we recognize that whether or not we have a constitution that is uh, either what we have today or a covenant, we're still going to be bound to the covenant obligation that God has imposed upon all mankind because we're created in this image. So we can't get away from that obligation. So when we violate the covenant, whether it's in a document like the Constitution or uh, in any any other form, God will hold us accountable. And if we violate the law of God, we will reap the consequences of his covenant stipulations, his negative uh, stipulations. So so would it be accurate to say, we, you know, instead of going back to the um, original intent of the uh, constitution and kind of having that as our a mantra we should be t- thinking in terms of getting back to the original intent of the law of god absolutely i mean absolutely yeah. what else will stand the test of time you have a universal law what that is given by a universal sovereign what better what better document can you derive from that premise hmm. yep well this is a, a Maybe in closing, this is a little bit out of out of left field, perhaps, but um, you know we are bombarded um, just in the last six months, really six or eight months, uh, with this whole concept of um, of, of artificial, you know, of AI, of artificial intelligence, and uh, how do you see that relating to all of this uh, in terms of? Uh, well, what, yeah, what, what we're what we're you know the, the Lord the Lord is the Word of God is the truth of God's Word. Okay, it's not just true; it's truth. The Word of God is truth. The covenant of God is truth. God is truth. And what man is doing again is trying to be God. AI, artificial intelligence, which is really programmed by man, wicked man. Artificial intelligence is seeking to replace truth. Now, what does that mean for us? It means that as far as the world around us and the happenings around us are concerned, we're not going to know what is actually happening around us because it will all be propaganda. It will be, it will be, we're, we're becoming North Korea, where you are being manipulated by the propaganda of AI, and it's going to be very, very convincing. So what we need to do is find sources of truth that are biblically sound, that are actually truthful and are fact-checkable in order for us to know what's going on in the world and do away with everything else that is manufactured by AI, which means you got to get away from all your social media, all of the woke social media. You can't go on Facebook and expect to get a good, good news report. You, you can't trust anything anymore. That's how it's going to be. 
You cannot trust what you hear. You cannot trust what you see on the internet, on the news, nowhere. You've got to find sources of truth that are reliable, that can be checked, and that can be referred to in order to understand what is really happening in the world around us. Pastors need to be shepherding their flock and pointing them in the direction of certain areas where they can find truth, other than scripture, of course, but in the world around them. And that's something that they have to do. They have to research. And there are a number of places you can go. Christendom Press is one of them. Uh, Epoch Times is another. And then we have to go and fact check others. And you can you have YouTube, you have the internet. YouTube is going to censor a lot of these things. Maybe they'll be taken over by AI, probably. I don't know. But we're going to, maybe even our podcast will be then, as we research what is true, what is not true, and bring to light everything in the world through a biblical lens, maybe our podcasts and our blogs will be sources of truth for the Christian population. And I think that's something we have to start developing now before before it's too late. So I think that's something that really really to think about and and start to uh, start to uh, talk about and build. We have to start building now. Yeah, well just and just one more thing kind of uh, picking up from that thought um uh, in closing Pastor Raymond um you know when you look back over the last century um, it seems like there was a there was like a 50 year I don't know if you would call it a parenthesis in the middle of the century after the um, the Scopes trial. It's like the church went into hibernation, into remission, or whatever you would call it. And then around 1975, the church started to wake up and get more involved and, and look at what the Bible says about <laughs> cultural involvement, political involvement, and so forth. But it seems like, you know, nothing we've tried is, has worked. You know, what, what would you say? What's been missing? You know, or and what? Um, what should we be, do, be doing? Well, whenever, yeah, good, good question. Because, you know, during the seven, seven, uh, 75, 76, 77, uh, maybe even in the early 80s, you got the moral majority. And what that really was all about was salvation through politics. And there was no salvation through politics. Uh, there's only salvation through Christ and, and of course, his, his atonement. But, of course, what we need to do is bring back and we've discussed this before. We we need to bring back the law of God, the covenant ordinances of God, and apply them to every area of life. The political realm, What instead of politicians, what we need are statesmen and magistrates, which fear God and keep his commandments or hate covetousness. <laughs> Go find that individual and lots of luck for that one. But that's what we need. And on, on what's, what's happened in, in the churches is the churches have said, because it's a daunting task and it takes generations to fix, no one wants to wait generations to fix something. They want something right now. You go to McDonald's and, and they take more than two minutes to give you the hamburger and you're ready to blow the horn. So so we, we're, a, we're a fast food kind of community, a, a nation. And that's a real problem. We don't understand that God works through generations. So if we're ready to have generational continuity of fidelity, then being faithful to the to that premise, we'll see some we'll see some progress. But people don't want to devote generations. They want it right now. So what the church says is, 
well, I'm looking at the political arena and it's really bad. So obviously God doesn't want me to be in that cesspool. And so they pull back. And what they what they've done is they create a vacuum. And who's going to fill the vacuum but the wicked? And they become these politicians. What we need is we need to get back into the fight, back into the arena, put put our big boy pants on and start draining the swamp, if you will, but with a biblical with a, a biblical solution, not a political solution. Okay, a biblical solution. Now, will it be a political solution? Well, from the scriptures, you'll find you're cleaning up the political realm. Your economics will be built on a, a biblical model. Your immigration, okay, you will be built on a biblical model. Okay, your bureaucracies, you probably won't have any, but it'll be built on a biblical model with accountability uh, standards. But it'll all be done through a biblical lens. And I think that's what we have to have to remember. If, if you're looking, look, if you're looking for to fix politics with a political solution, it's never going to be fixed. It's got to be a biblical solution. And that's what we're missing. We're missing those kinds of discussions. We're missing those kinds of applications, which really going to fix the problem. I'll put a Band-Aid on it. And, and look, look what happened. We, we had one, one president. He wrecks the place. You get another president. Seems to fix the place. Get another one, wrecks the place. So what are we doing? We're on a seesaw. We're on a merry-go-round. Because nothing really get, got fixed, even with the guy who seemed to fix it. Because it's not long-term. So that's where we have to start um, putting our focus. All right. Well, thanks, Pastor Rima. Yeah, um, we really, really, really appreciate your time. And um, now, where can, uh, where can students... Uh, where do they need to go to learn more about your school and so forth? Well, you go to uh, www.newgeneva.us. You can also access our blog at tacticalrecon.org. Actually, that's the, I think that's the podcast website, uh -huh. but we have links to everything through newgeneva.us, so you can look at that. We also have our parent company, uh, our parent ministry, rather, is uh, the Institute for Theonomic Reformation, and that's www.hisglory.us, H-I-S-G-L-O-R-Y.us, hisglory.us. And, uh, of course, you can contact me at pastor.hisglory.us. Uh, actually, a pastor at hisglory.us, my email address, anytime, and I'd be happy to uh, discuss anything with you. All right. Well, thank you again, and uh, we'll pick up this journey through history um, next Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, visit greatbiblereset.com. And to help support the podcast and Kingsway Classical Academy, visit our sponsor at boomers-alive.com. To learn how to get your high school diploma and bachelor's degree on the same day, visit kingswayclassicalacademy.com and save up to $100,000 on college tuition. 